0: Shalom. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are resuming our study in the book of Job. We're going to be reading chapters 2 and 3 this morning. Just a quick recap of... Uh, a couple weeks ago when we started the series, we went into details about the book of Job. Um, so if you haven't listened to the first episode, you need to go back and listen to that first. Because uh, we go into details about the book. And then we read chapter 1, which deals with Job's character and his wealth. Uh, and you have Satan. He's allowed to test Job. And he takes Job's property and his children. So, very tragic uh, start to the story. And verse 22, the last verse of chapter 1, ends with this statement. "And all of this, meaning all the things that happened to Job, and all of this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And so that really sets the stage for chapter 2 because what's going to happen is Satan's going to go before God again and ask to do more harm to Job. And so that's what happens in chapter 2. And in chapter 3, as we finally hear Job's first response, his first discourse, as he tells of his misery and despair. So with that, let's have a look. Let's open up our hearts Try to imagine. Try to put yourself in Job's shoes for five seconds. All your wealth has been destroyed, and all your children are now gone. And that's not even the end of it yet. Alright, Job chapter 2. Let's begin. Verse 1. Again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast to his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. So please note, let's... let's digest this. So, just like the first chapter... The second chapter tells of how the sons of God, B'nai Elohim, these angelic beings, Satan being one of them, come and present themselves to God. and God's saying, hey, are are you yet again, are you still considering my servant Job, who's perfect in his ways, who fears God? this upright man who hates evil. And even after you've moved me against him, this is the words God uses. Thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. God is acknowledging that Job has done absolutely nothing to warrant or to deserve these terrible calamities that have come against him and God also is acknowledging that hey in spite of what's happened to him he still keeps his integrity not only is Job an amazing patriarch amazing man of history that we could all strive to be like I I I want to It to be said of me what God how God is describing Job my servant look at him he fears God he doesn't compromise his integrity even when Satan destroys his life man let's continue on verse 4 and Satan answered the Lord and said skin for skin Yea, all that a man hath he will give for his life. But put forth thy hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. (laughs) I'm also amazed by how arrogant and brazen our adversary is. I, I can't imagine standing before God and saying, well, yeah, yeah, but do this and he'll curse you to your face. Like, but that's what Satan's saying. He's saying, okay, yeah, well, you took his, we, we took his kid's way and his wealth and he didn't curse you, but you touch his health, right? You touch his health and, and he's definitely going to curse you to your face. Let's continue on. God's response. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So you're allowed to do whatever to his health, but he's, you can't kill him. Verse 7, So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and he smote Job with sores, with sore boils from the sole of his foot and took his crown. And he took him and postured to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. And then said his wife and him, Does thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Please note, not great advice. We should also not forget that his wife also lost, you know, whatever Job lost, his wife lost, right? their well-being, their children. And now she's seeing her husband, this man of God who's always held his integrity, lying in ashes covered in sores and boils from his feet to his head. So let's give her a little bit of a break here. But (laughs) advising her husband to curse God so that he might die is probably not the greatest advice. Verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive evil? And all this did Job not sin with his lips. I think it's interesting also to note that Job is acknowledging that both the good and the evil that's come to him has come to him because of the sovereignty of God. He's acknowledging that God has given him good moments in his life and evil moments. And even still, does not curse with his lips. Verse 11. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that has come upon him, they came, every one, from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite. Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Nahamathite, For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him, to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off, they knew him not. They lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him for that they saw that the grief was very great. Now that's how chapter 2 ends. We're going to we're going to still read chapter 3 here, which is only 26 verses, but I want to point out something very, very important. Job's three friends get the first part of this whole thing very right. And let it be a lesson to those of you listening. This is how you handle a friend or a family member who's going through severe grief and trauma they came for the purpose of grieving with him and they kept their mouth shut when somebody's going through the most horrific of things the last thing they want is your advice or your cliches, or your, well, you'll get over it, or, you know, everything happens for a reason. Nobody wants to hear that when everything they love is gone, or when they've lost a child, when the world has collapsed on their heads. All they want is for you to come and acknowledge that their situation is horrible and that you're grieved. By their grief. They want to know that they're not alone. In their horrible circumstance. I know this both as the person being comforted. And I've been on the other end where I'm the comforter. And I'm just telling you this is the approach. Not to go and start giving all of your wisdom. And so Job's seven, or Job's three friends, they get this right. They sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights and none spake a word unto him. And they saw that his grief was very great. Now we're going to hear from Job. Yes, he's not cursing God, but he's cursing the day he was born. Basically, essentially what he's getting ready to say is, I wish I had never been born. Because of how terrible and great this misery is. Verse 1, After this opened Job mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, in the night in which, I, which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it, and let the cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it, and let not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come unto the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it, that curse the day, who are ready to raise up their mornings. Let the stars the twilight thereof be dark, and let it look for light, but have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day, because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Why'd I di- why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me, or... Why the breast that I should suck? For now, should I have lain still amid quiet, I should have slept. Then had I been at rest. Or with the princes that had gold, or who filled their houses with silver, or had hid an untimely birth, I had not been as infants which never saw light. There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest together, they hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery, and life unto the bitter in soul, which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, which rejoices exceedingly, and are glad, and they can find the grave why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? For my sighing come beforeth I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. In a nutshell, Job is saying, I wish I had never been born. What I'm going through is is too much. In fact, what I'm going through is my worst nightmare. My greatest fear and nightmare has come to be my actual life. And I wish I would have died in my mother's womb. And that is the end of our study for this morning. It's it's hard. This is why the book of Job is just so important. It gives us perspective. Unfortunately, sometimes people will use the book of Job to downplay other people's suffering, right? Oh, well, you're going through this horrible thing, but at least it's not like what Job went through. <laughs> you know. That's not the point. The point is is... We're just asking the question, why do the righteous suffer? How are we to respond when terrible unforeseen events take place, or how are we to behave when someone we love is going through these terrible things? Unfortunately, next week when we get to start going through the following chapters, we get to hear Job's friends start talking. And uh, unfortunately, what they have to say is not all that uh, intelligent, put it that way. Well, there you have it this morning. I pray you've been blessed by the work that I'm doing here. And I hope that the podcast is really making a difference in your life. I want to thank all of you for listening and for praying and for supporting Uh, this work, and Lord willing, will continue on. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.